and the brave new world begins. When all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sins, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook headings with terror and slaughter return. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Copybook Headings podcast. Uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, this show is inspired by the poem by Rudyard Kipling called The Gods of the Copybook Headings. Uh, and in that poem, uh, he talks about what he m- means by copybook headings or basically old proverbs, sayings, or maxims. And so we take an old one of these sayings every week and we break it down to see what we can learn from it. Um, if you haven't read the poem, uh, I would encourage you to, to do that or listen to our very first episode of our podcast where we break that down. Um, but, uh, yeah, I am your host, Patrick Payne. And with me as always is my co-host, Andrew Stevens. Andrew, how are you? I am doing great. How are you? Doing awesome, man. Christmas is over. Um, back to, back to normal. Always starting to this, uh, the, the week between Christmas and New Year's is always weird. You never know like what to do with yourself. At least that's how I feel. But, uh, getting some of the decorations put away and stuff. Uh, you, you guys, uh, just got back from your trip, right? Yeah, kind of a, it's a weird week for us too, where, yeah, we just got back the other night. So I worked today and tomorrow we have off again. So it's a strange, uh, you know, one, one work day week, but yeah, we were out on the Oregon coast visiting family. Um, what my, one of my sisters lives there part of the year. And so my dad came down from Washington. My other sister came up from California. We came over from Utah, kind of all met in the middle and it was uh, it was nice. It's really really pretty out there. If you like uh, Northwest rain and and everything, which I happen to, so yeah, it was, it was great. Well, you know, Lots you get the surf. Yeah, you uh, you get with the rain, you get the green. So I mean, you can have yeah. sunny days every day, and but you know, I lived in Arizona, and that's how it was sunny all the time. But you didn't get the green. So if you wanna, if you could put up with the rain, you get rewarded by this beautiful trees and. And stuff. So I've been wanting to take the kids out there, take my family out to the Oregon coast. I was thinking about maybe doing that this summer if we can if we can swing it. I think it's beautiful country out there. Yeah, it re- it really is. the The beaches are a lot of fun, especially in the summer if you like to do beach combing. And there's all those cool rocks along the coast that, when the tide's out, you can go climb up them and these little mountains. So yeah, oh, it's yeah, a lot my- of fun. My kids would love that. And like, they, they love just like exploring like little tide pools and stuff on the, on the beach and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that I think they'd have a good time. So <clears throat> yeah, maybe we'll do that. Um, well, anyway, we got a good one this week. Uh, this is one, this is one that I selected. Uh, I had never heard this one bef- until I came across it. Uh, but yeah, this it's one, new one to me too. Oh, was it? Okay. Um, so the, the proverb this week is all lay loads on a willing horse. Um, so the meaning of this one kind of seems fairly obvious that everyone's going to lay a load on a horse that's willing to have it put on him. Right. Yeah. So if you're the kind of guy that is, uh, always willing to say yes to everything, you're going to find yourself doing a lot of stuff for a lot of people. Kind of, is that kind of what you got from it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah, you you think of people you think of people like that, um, and and there's different 
yeah, I guess there's different perceptions. You know, some people are just uh, helpful, but also it can go into like the doormat territory where people just kind of get um, ab- abused, really, you know. Yeah, like they, taken people, advantage of. People take advantage, yeah. And um, but yeah, I, I, th- I thought of a couple people. I think we might have overlapped of, of some of the people we thought about who are who are very willing to take on unloads and maybe take on too much. So yeah, we'll have to have them on the podcast. We'll, uh, we'll <laughs> twist his arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we've talked before about how a lot of these proverbs, like they tend to fall into one of two categories, some being descriptive and some being kind of prescriptive. This mm-hmm. is, uh, seems a descriptive one. Uh, it's not, yeah. I don't think encouraging you to take advantage of your friend who's always willing to, to um, say yes to, to, to favors and, and help you out all the time or whatnot. But what it's more doing is maybe cautioning you to, to, to be aware that if you're that yeah. kind of person, you could, you could end up with a lot of, a lot of extra work on your plate. Yeah, that's, like that. that's a great description of this. It is a, one of the descriptive ones. It's which that category is kind of, you know, it's cautionary. It's, it's, it's something that, encourages you to examine in yourself and in, in people you care about. Um, yeah. So that you, so that life's easier on you. If you, if you're paying attention to some of these things that you, if you realize you're, you're caught up in some of these traps that you, you maybe need to set some boundaries. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, um, it, 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 it may not always be bad either. I mean, if, if you're the, if you're in a situation where, you want to be noticed or want to um, stand out at a new job or something mm-hmm. like that. It, it, it could be that, you know, you want more burdens put on you. You want to take on more responsibility. So, um, you know, th- this could be something important to remember that, Hey, if, if you're the kind of person who's always going out of your way to, you know, maybe like you would just want to get noticed and just want to, maybe you're looking for a promotion or something. You're like, how do I, how do I uh, get the boss to notice me? Well, maybe taking on some extra responsibilities and letting people know, Hey, I'm willing to do whatever I'm willing to help out. Maybe that could could be uh, could be a way to do that. So um, I don't I don't view this as necessarily all bad, although it does seem more a little bit cautionary. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I hadn't considered that, but it's certainly true. If you um, you you can be it can be a positive thing to be the person who's relied on, especially if you have the have the ability and and desire to take things on. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that's at work or in in family life, especially with broader family, you know, uh, uh, rather than just you know necessarily your wife and kids, but with ex- extended family and um, in your community, in your church, where you've got, uh, if you realize you've got some time and skills that you can put to good use, you need to let people know that they can put it to good use, because. A lot of times, if you're if you're in the corner and quiet and surly, they're not people aren't going to approach you to help yeah. out with things, and 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 that that's something that I, I've seen happen to people where they feel maybe slighted that no one asks for their help on certain things. Yeah, but they don't present themselves in such a way that they're approachable. Yeah, I've seen that before too, and I think it's <clears throat> it, for a lot of people may not consider it a bad thing for to be the go-to person, for be the person that people can depend on and know that, that they're doing that. Uh, but as with everything, there's a balance, right? You don't want to be 
so like you said, taking advantage of where people are always just dumping stuff on you because they know you're, you're a pushover and you're not going to say, you're not going to say no. So it's important to, to be able to stand up and, and, and just decline some things. I mean, you're going to have to, part of growing up is learning to, when to say no. I mean, um, <clears throat> and I think I've heard people say that that's one of the, the most important things you can learn to do is cut certain things out of your life because we, we've talked about how this time moves like a, like a moving sidewalk and there's these exits and you're, you're going to miss stuff um, by, by choosing to stay and or choosing to not, not jump and not move. So um, learning what to say no to is pretty, pretty, pretty important and uh, a part of, you know, maturing and, and growing up, I think. Yeah. So I guess I, I'm curious, do you have, do you have a literal experience with this one? Are you a horse person? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, you... I'm, I have no, no trouble saying no at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it, I'm the opposite. Like I have a knack for getting out of work. Um, and like getting <laughs> yeah. other people to do things for me. I, <laughs> I like my friends even like laugh and joke about it. Even, I'm talking to my mom. She's like, how do you always have these jobs where they pay you well to sit around and do not much? Um, but um, <clears throat> I, <laughs> I had this job in college where I was working for, I was working for UPS and I was like one of their, their data guys that would come in and like enter. I was basically like a, like a data entry guy, like not like a computer yeah program or anything smart, just like, like a data entry monkey. And I would come in at, at really early before the, the trucks left and I would punch in all this data. And one of this, these guys came and they hired some new guy who was really smart with computers and stuff. And he ca- casually offhand mentioned, well, you could probably automate that using like some database tool. I'm like, wait, what? Like you could do that. <laughs> and so I just kind of harassed the guy over and over until he like, I kept picking his brain about this. And then I'm like, okay, well, what would it take to do that? He's like, oh, it'd probably take a couple hours of work. So I don't know what I did. I bribed or cajoled the guy into doing it for me. He automated my entire job. And so I had, I would come in, it was late at night because nobody was really there. They had to be done like every early, really early morning. I would come in at like three or four o'clock in the morning or something. And then I would come in, I would punch in, run this report. And then I would just go home <laughs> and they still paid me like for the full thing. So no, if anything, I'm the opposite. I'm, I'm finding ways to get burdens put off me, but yeah, there are, uh, so I don't have direct experience with this personally. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Are you the, are yeah, you a horse I, person? Or? Uh, it, I think it depends. Like I, it, when you, when you said that, I thought of, uh, being, being Christmas time here, my, my Christmas tradition in my family, you know, you make the big dinner and, uh, when it's, when it's time to do dishes, uh, I always had a, a tendency to kind of disappear after dinner when it was time to do <laughs> <laughs> dishes and then, right. you know, kind of hunt, hunt me down for, for me to help out because most everyone else did the cooking. And so the, the cleaning up was usually largely mine. So, uh, yeah. Um, but I, I do think I, I do a little bit of the, the, the willing horse thing when it comes to, uh, working with the clients I work with at, at work. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's a good, it has, has gone well for me as a strategy for, um, for client relations and, and keeping them happy just to, you know, kind of be cheerful about any, any requests they come have coming in that, yeah, I can handle that. We can take care of that. And fortunately I haven't been you know, because a lot of my colleagues will have these kinds of clients where it's it is unreasonable 
the the asks are unreasonable. It is too much work. It's and I, I think I've just kind of lucked out that I haven't had to deal with those kinds of people. But um, but yeah, maybe I think, they can I think sense it's a, that you're good, a good strategy. Maybe yeah yeah I think maybe maybe they can sense that you're not as uh, <laughs> not quite a a pushover so that you don't get as trouble the trouble clients as much. Yeah yeah. And it also could just be the other the other uh, part of it where I I am uh, conspicuously absent from the room when they're handing out assignments <laughs> for the tough the tough clients too. So yeah, uh, that, that might be part of it. Nice. Um, so I looked up the uh, the origin of this. Uh, I didn't pinpoint any direct um, you know year or anything. Um, apparently, it's very old. It's been in the English language for a very, very long time, passed down word of mouth mostly. The earliest instance I found of it was just a little bit different iteration was from a book uh, by a guy by the name of John Haywood. His book was called A Dialogue Containing the Number in Effect of All the Proverbs in the English Tongue, published in 1546. So pretty okay. old. I mean, to, to the point where all these words are all spelled differently. You know, it's like early English right. words. <laughs> You know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to read. Uh, but in there it said, Haywood wrote, he that doth bear all the sway, all the drums beat to him alone. And so that was, I guess, a, a, an earlier version of this. I don't even get what that really means, but apparently from some of the research I've done, it kind of kind of means the same thing. That basically if you're the if you're the kind of person that's willing to willing to bear the burden, people are just gonna be like, okay, and they're gonna they're gonna load you up. So, yeah, that's really stuff I found. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think maybe the reason I went, my default was kind of viewing this negatively is just like that, the, the asymmetry of, you know, people laying loads on a beast of burden, right? Like, yeah. you don't, you don't want to think of yourself as a, as a, a beast of burden, you know, vis-a-vis other people. Right. And so, um, Yeah. So what do you think, um, what, what do you think is a good, uh, mentality for this one? Cause it is, this one's definitely mixed. It's not all good, all bad. Where, where do you think a good, um, good boundaries are with this one? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I do think it's good to be helpful and it's good to be willing to, to pitch in and, and contribute. Um, so I think it's going to be a little bit on your personality because some people are going to be more like me where they're, they're, you know, like you mentioned, they disappear around dishes time, (laughs) you know, and if, and if that's you, maybe this isn't the proverb that needs to be, you know, need to be cautious, cautious of necessarily. Maybe you're the opposite way where you need to, you know, make a little more effort to, to show, show people that you're willing to, willing to pitch in and help. But, but I've, I've seen people and I know, I know people personally, who just seem to have this way about them where people are just like, oh, so-and-so will help. And they'll always say yes. You know, they'll always, oh, of course, yeah, I'll help you. And then they're just burning the candle at both ends, kind of being run ragged by everyone wanting them to do stuff for them. And um, and so if you're that kind of person, I think you kind of have to just know yourself a little bit and know, am I the kind of person that this happens to? And figure out some ways to set some boundaries and to know, um, oh, you know, in in, I think just... Oftentimes I think people will do these things not because necessarily they want to, but because they lack the 
communication skills to decline in a way that they think is polite. You, you know what I mean? They might just don't want to, they may just not yeah. want to be rude. And so they just say yes. So you may, you, you may want to work on ways to politely decline from things. Hey, you know, I, I'd really love to help you. I'm just, I'm swamped right now. I, I really would do it if I, if I could, but I, I just, am not able to take that on right now. You know, just some, something like that. Some people might find that very difficult to do. Yeah. Uh, especially after, <clears throat> you know, always saying yes for so long. Yeah. That's, that's a big, a, a big change. And, and honestly, you might hurt some feelings, even if that's a, it's probably a good thing for, for that person to kind of see that boundary, but yeah, or at least ruffle some feathers, I guess. Um, yeah. And in this proverb says, you know, a, a willing horse, all will lay burdens on them. So we're talking about how many, many people will come do this. However, um, there are situations where maybe you're not a pushover necessarily. There's just one person in your life who really likes to take advantage of you. You know, maybe it's a, um, uh, a sibling or a child or a parent or a, someone close to you that, that you care and care about and love. And they're just always burdening you with stuff that, that can be really difficult. I think to kind of set a boundary there. Yeah. Um, when maybe you're not just the kind of person that's always getting this, but you have one person that's just, you know, constantly throwing stuff at you and be like, you know, mom, take care of this for me or something, you know, and your adult yeah. kid, you have to, you gotta be like, well, I can't, you know, I'm not doing this for you anymore or, or, you know, it doesn't have to be that, but a- anything in that situation. So, um, th- that can be difficult too. If you have just one person that seems to be overstepping boundaries constantly in your life. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I certainly, I don't, I don't know that I've got a good strategy for people with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, so what do you think that the, what do you think society thinks about this one? You think that they would agree that you need to be cautious about doing things for people? Or do you think that society's kind of telling us nowadays that you'd be rude for declining or you need to always be willing to help people or you should just do, do your own thing. Or what, what do you think? I don't know that I have an instantly clear picture of this one. Cause I think there's a mm-hmm. lot of, you know, depending on, on what it is, there's a lot of conflicting messages and, and kind of procedures right now with this. So I'm trying, let me try and pin that down. Do you have a, a thought that sprang to mind with, you know, the, the gods of the marketplace with this one. Yeah. To me, it seems like we still kind of, we have this kind of hyper individualistic society where people are always kind of, you know, it's, it seems popular to be like, Oh, you got to look out for yourself and you got to do this. And, and people are taking advantage of you. So I feel like this one would be appreciated. Um, Mm -hmm. maybe too, so too much so, um, to where, um, any kind of helping your fellow man is looked down upon as, you know, I don't have to do that. I don't, I don't have any responsibility to anybody outside of myself. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah. this one's probably, most people would probably agree with it nowadays. And um, like I said, maybe even take it too far. Yeah. I, I can see that. I, when you, when you mentioned that, I think of culturally as, as Americans were, I think a lot more open um, than I'm thinking places like Europe, uh, opening to help, help strangers and, and where it's even like looked on very strangely in, in other countries to, um, 
to to be to even be helpful at all to outside mm. maybe outside your family or you know people you yeah. know well um and so if anything maybe americans are willing to take on more more burdens than than other people are from from a greater variety of people so probably probably isn't terrible to 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 make sure you're setting boundaries on something like that because there is that there is that you know tendency for people to 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 uh, take advantage of people in that regard yeah i think you're probably right about that um one thing that i was thinking about as you were talking was um how do you think this relates to like inside a relationship like in in your marriage um like i said i'm i'm notoriously good at getting out of work my wife's the mm-hmm. opposite she's like very diligent very hard working so I need to, it's hard for me to make sure that I'm not, you know, treating her like just the the, the workhorse and leaving too much on her and making sure that I'm not, you know, that I'm pulling my own weight and making sure I'm contributing. Um, What do you think about that, about that dynamic? Yeah, that's just where I think a lot of self-awareness needs to happen. A lot of um, reflection and, and also openness to having that if that's a blind spot for your openness to having that pointed out, having good communication. Um, cause I, cause I'm, I'm, I think I've got a similar dynamic in in my relationship and where my wife does a lot of, a lot of stuff and, and I'm, I might be willing to, to help out with things, but I approach things differently. Like, uh, am I not just jump in and do something, but I'd be very willing to help if asked. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, there might, there's a, we kind of miss each other sometimes in that communication. Yeah. Um, so, so just being, uh, yeah, being open with the communication and trying to, uh, give, give the other person the benefit of the doubt when it comes to why isn't this person <laughs> helping me out more? Um, it might not be, it might not be the malice of, of a teenager trying to avoid dishes. It might uh, just be, someone who's tired at the end of the day and, and didn't think to, didn't think to step in. Yeah, I think so. My wife and I were just talking about this recently, how we, we, we view things very differently where she can't relax if there's work to be done that hasn't been done. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm tired, I can, re- I can relax. The house can be a mess. I don't care. I can yeah. go to bed, you know, I can, whereas she's going to yeah. want to stay up and get everything finished. You know, and I, I haven't met your wife, but she seems kind of like she's a kind of a go-getter, you know? And so, which is great. Uh, my wife's kind of the same, kind of similar in that way, but uh, it, it can be easy for, for those of us who, who live with people who are real hard workers like that to kind of, to kind of let them do it. Right. And we're just kind of yeah. maybe a little, at least for me, sometimes a little oblivious to what's going on. So it's important to kind of pay attention and real and and make sure you're not you know um, <clears throat> burdening them too much. But I, I like what you said about the self awareness. Um, it's important to know what your weaknesses are, and and I think that's one of the best skills you can develop is just learn being able uh, to have a humility to be like, look, I'm not very good at this, so I'm going to need to c- kind of be real cognizant of it because I know I could have a blind spot in this, in this area. And once you can kind of do that, you're not going to, all your weaknesses won't magically go away, but it really helps when you can have enough self-awareness to, to, to admit that and, and recognize it. Yeah. Um, so what, 
we all we're always talking about what that means for raising kids and and setting an example. What about this one, especially with that dynamic um, between couples? You know, the, what what kids see in their parents. You know, seeing them do. What do you think? How do you how do you set a good example for your kids for not being a doormat, not being um, letting yourself be overly burdened, but also not shirking responsibilities that could be a good learning uh, opportunity for you, a good growth, good blessing, you know, like what, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, lot to talk about there. The, um, with, with a lot of my, my boys, I try to point out what their mom does for them. You know, all the things that she mm-hmm. does, I try to point that out over and over. Like if they say, Hey, why do I have to, why do I have to empty the dishwasher? And I'll just say, well, who do you think she needs to do it? You know, obviously the dishwasher has to get emptied at some point or this chore has to be done. Who do you think should, should do it? You think mom should do it? In addition to all the other things she does, like she's done everything. She, mm-hmm. she did the dishes. she loaded it up when it, you know, she cleaned it. She cooked, she made dinner for you. Do you think she should do this too? And sometimes asking them yeah. that question, they can, it makes them like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. That's not, that's not really fair. Someone's got to do this and it's probably my turn. But then also <clears throat> another thing I thought of when you asked that question was I have my oldest is my daughter and then I have a bunch of boys after that. So we lean on her kind of heavily and I have to remind myself, Hey, she's a kid, you know, she's not one of the parents. I can't lean on her so heavily that I'm just like, Oh, you know, she'll take care of it. You know, I, 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 my my daughter's, she's great. She's like our right hand person, you know, she'll, she'll just come pitch in and help all the time where, we're got to remember that she's a kid too, and she wants to play and, and go have fun. And, and just because she's older and responsible and mature for her age, um, I gotta be, I gotta remember not to, not to take advantage of that. Yeah. That, that just reminded me of a, a my, my wife's grandmother. Um, I, I was just, we were just talking to some family and, and um, I was told that she, you know, dropped out of school and like, you know, sixth grade or something like that this during the depression. Cause she was the oldest girl in the family and they needed her to help out with, you know, their sharecroppers. And, you know, she, she had to help out with the cooking and cleaning and the kids. So mom and dad could, could work basically. And, yeah. um, what, yeah, what kind of loads that we put on, put on our kids and, and, um, sometimes out of necessity, but sometimes out of laziness and trying to, teach them good things. Like one, one thing I know we, we try and do is, you know, uh, at our, at our church, you know, we have responsibility to, to clean it, right. Which goes around different members of the congregation, either it, the system changes up, whether it's volunteer or assigned a certain week. Um, but you know, we, we even, we take our little girls who are not that helpful, but we want to teach them that, that that's something that they can take on. That that's, uh, a, a service to their community. And, um, because if they don't, so it's going to get like, the church is going to get cleaned. Right. And if yeah. 10 people show up, it goes pretty fast. If it's just two, it's going to take those two people a long time. And so everyone needs to, to pitch in. <clears throat> yeah. Dividing work and kind of con- contributing is, is, uh, I mean, it's an important thing to teach kids. It really is. And it's, uh, it's a balance and it's going to be a little bit tricky to, to know, you know, where to, where to assign what, you know, I, I, 
I, I give it a chore just today to my, my eight year old and, and he tried and didn't do a very good job, but he did it kind of to the best of his ability. And I was going to tell him to go do it again. Cause he didn't do a very good job. I'm like, okay, I think this is probably good enough, you know, for his level. So I kind of let it slide. Yeah. He kind of did it halfway. But then of course, who did I rely on to finish the job? My daughter. I asked her to go in there yeah. and finish it and she did it. So, so, um, but yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. I, I, I think it's a great thing to, to get your kids involved in, in, um, uh, pitching in for things, um, something like that, like a church or, or, or some area where it's like some collective place where yeah. it's not, you know, my, my spot. It's, it's easy for kids to be like, well, that's not mine. That's not my mess. That's not my this. They tell me that all the time. I didn't do that. I'm like, well, I, I, I didn't ask you if you did it. I asked you to clean it up, you know? And so yeah. <clears throat> teaching them that, you know, Hey, sometimes there's a shared space that we have, you know, picking up litter off the, off the street or something, you know, um, if, if there's a space where people share, uh, contributing is, is a really good lesson to teach them. Yeah. And it's, it's a great marker too of maturity for, for a kid to like crossing into adulthood when they realize that they can step up and take on loads and that's valued by other people. It's valued by other adults, that, that mentality. Um, I think that when you, it's, it's a, it's a little switch that flips from, from, you know, the selfish child to the, um, the community member kind of. Yeah, I think so. And I think sadly, some people never get it. I mean, some, we have adults that, yeah. that don't <laughs> think that they're a part of a, a community and they just kind of live for themselves, which is kind of sad, but, uh, yeah. but we, we need, we need people to, <clears throat> to be that way. So, <clears throat> pardon me. And so if you have kids, I mean, that, that's a, that's a, it should be a really important thing to teach them is, is that contribution and, and service. Um, and, uh, you know, if you notice one of your kids is, is, uh, or spouse or friend or family member is one of the kind of person that's taking on too much. Um, be, be aware of it. This may be something that, uh, that you need to step in and help them with because, because like they say, you know, um, all lay loads on a willing horse as it's, as it said. So, uh, maybe be, be cognizant of, for, of those around you, I think. Yeah. I agree with that. Well, cool. We are about out of time, so we will wrap this one up. But um, hey, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll have a next one, another one out next week. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. We we had a we had a break in in the podcast for last week for Christmas, but we'll we'll have another one for you next week. Happy New Year, and thanks for listening. And we have some exciting things happening uh, here at, on the podcast. That, so stay stay tuned for those, and um, we will catch you guys next week. All right, we'll see you later. All right, later. There are only four things certain since social progress began. That the dog returns to his vomit, that the sow returns to her mire, and the burnt fool bandaged finger goes wobbling back to the fire. And that after this is accomplished, and the brave new world begins, when all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sin, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook idiots with terror and slaughter.